Can you can you see me? <laughs> because this pulpit is made for Willie Doyle and the likes of Mr. Ryan and Pastor O'Gorman. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Romans 5.20. Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. If you're there, let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Our Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you, Lord, for bringing each one of us um, for tonight's worship service. We pray, dear God, that you will just prepare our hearts, our minds, our ears to listen to your word. We pray, Lord, that you will just work in our hearts and bless the message that you have given us for tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans 5.20 The Word of God says, Moreover, the law entered, entered that the offense might abound. But when, but when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You see, this verse, if not correctly interpreted, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, can open, can, can open to what we may call as theological floodgate. What do we mean by that? You know, the Christian might think, why should I even strive or avoid sinning when I will be forgiven anyways? You, are you with me? Because it says, where sin abounded, grace abounded more. And so the Christian might think, anyways, the Lord will forgive me, so... I can continue sinning because he will keep forgiving me. But that's not the way the Lord wants it to be. It is out, way out of context. Um, let's assume that all of us are saved tonight. I'm assuming that. What do you think can we do to show our gratitude to God that he saved our souls? Give me just quick answers, please. Obey him, yeah? Trust and obey? Pray? Stop sinning. I don't know about you, if I were, if I, maybe I had a friend who saved my life, who risked my life to save my, my own life, I think I will be willing to share with him everything I've got to show my gratitude to him. The question tonight is, how much gratitude are we giving to God to let him know that we appreciate He's saving our souls. It's a pity because sometimes we, we don't measure up to standards because we try, you know, to do it on our own. And that's really not going us anywhere, giving us anywhere. The Bible, the, the, the song that Mr. one of the songs Mr. Rice asks us to sing is trust and obey. How are we able to obey when we trust? If there is no trust, we cannot have obedience. So it's a process. You first have to trust him to be able to obey him. Again, I say, if, if maybe my friend risks his life to save my own life, I'd probably be willing to share with him everything I've got. I'm not rich, but I'm willing to share with him my money, my food, even my clothes if it will fit him. There's only probably two things that I will not share with, with my friend, even if he saved my life. You know what that is? Probably my toothbrush and my Doritos. I promise. Just my toothbrush and my Doritos. But everything I've got, I will be willing to share with my friend. Because he risked his life to save me. Come to think of it. God did not only save your life, your earthly life, from the pleasures of sin, from the bondage of sin. 
He saved your soul for eternity. And the death he died is not something that we can imagine. I mean, the, the, the humiliation, the agonies, the pains, physical, mental, emotional pains that he went through. But maybe our friend will just save us by, you know, covering our body and his body will, will be hit by the bullet or something like that. But it's probably instant death. He didn't suffer the agony that our Lord Jesus Christ suffered. You follow? Are you with me? Am I making sense here? All right. The Word of God says that if we truly receive the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts as our personal Lord and Savior, we are dead to sin. Dead, as in dead. No response to sin. Romans 6, 1, 2. Romans 6, verses 1 and 2. The Word of God says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse 14 continues, For sin shall not have dominion over you. In other words, it cannot rule your life. You know, it's normal to be, have you ever experienced when a bird flies through your head and <laughs> the poo of the bird landed on your head? It's, sometimes it's normal, yeah? But it is not normal to let the bird put his nest on top of your head. What am I trying to drive at? You know, we're not perfect. Sometimes we, we, we give in to sin. But to make it as an excuse to, to regularly commit sin and not really pray to God that you will get, you know, whatever your favorite sin is, I don't know what that is. We all have our favorite sins. Only by the grace of God can we overcome it. Because here it says, dead. A dead person does not have the capacity to respond. If you offer him the sinful things that enslave him while he was still alive, or before he died, he will not respond. You can offer him premium quality drugs, the highest quality you can ever think of. You can offer him the best wines and spirits, your fav- his favorite cigarettes, and all the mouth-watering, mouth-watering dishes from all over the world, and the best desserts like Belgian chocolates. You know, I don't know. You see, I don't like chocolates. It's coming out. Or barbecue from Australia. Wow. I can smell the smell of summer. But the dead person will not respond, will he? Suppose we are in a funeral parlor and the dead person is in front of us inside the coffin. And you open the coffin and you offer him all these things that I've mentioned. You think he'll ever respond? I don't think so. But if he does, by all means run. And run fast. Okay. But that, we can laugh it out, but that is how it should be for the Christian life. For our Christian life, when we are confronted with sinful pleasures all around us, we are not supposed to respond because we're dead to sin. Sometimes we forget that we are dead. You agree with me? Sometimes we forget that we are dead. Dead to sin, that is. And so we respond to sin. We give in. But God, through the apostle James, gives us four points to empower us to become victorious Christians in our Christian Christian walk. These four points can be simplified in two words each point. In other words, for each point, there are only two words. The first point is found in James 4, 7. 
Can you open your Bibles, please, to James 4, 7? The Word of God says in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This verse tells us to submit to God or give in to God. So the first point is give in. Give in to God or submit to God. Because giving in to God is the only way we can resist the devil. Let me say that again. Giving in to God or submitting to God is the only way we can resist the devil. According to this verse, what is the reason why the devil is not fleeing from us? Exactly, because we're not resisting. But you can say, but I try my very best to resist him, but he still does not go away. Why is that? The answer is found in the first, first sentence of the verse. What is the first sentence of the verse? Submit. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And then it is followed by the next sentence. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what is the first step? First, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But sometimes what do we try to do? We try to resist the devil before submitting to God. So we do not become victorious over the temptation. Do you agree with me? That, that also has happened to me. But you know, 100% of the time, if I submit to God, the temptation will go away. The Lord says he will make a way of escape. But sometimes the Lord is leading you to the escape, but you, you try to, to be blind about the escape and go the other way around. Because believe me, temptation is not really very easy to resist. That's why you need God's strength. You first have to submit and resist the devil so he'll flee from you. In fact, there is no point in, in, in using our strength in resisting the devil. Because we all know that we are no match to the devil. But we must not forget the fact that our sovereign God is no match. I mean, our sovereign God, Satan is rather. Satan has, is no match to our sovereign God. But we are no match to the devil. It's like, for example, if Paul challenged me to a fight, I'm not crazy to, to give in. Or You know Paul, yeah? Paul. Or maybe... Maybe the other Paul is also big. I will not. I'm not crazy. I'm not cuckoo. I will not because I'm no match to him. But maybe I can find somebody like the, the Irish guy who won. Oh, Mike. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, this, this guy who won in mixed martial arts is Irish. Have you watched that? What's his name? Maybe Paul is a, is a good match for that guy. <laughs> but I won't, I won't take the risk. I still like, to, I still like, like to, to live, and by God's grace, maybe I live up to 80, as I mentioned in the New Year's Fellowship. I want to see, I want to see myself how I look when I'm 80. That's 20 years to go. All right. <laughs> now, God has this to say in, in, in John. Let's open our Bibles to John 15, verse 5. 15, verse 5. The Word of God says, 15 verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, 
and I in him, the same bringeth forth some fruits or much fruit. Much fruit. For without me, you can do something. Nothing. I'm glad you're listening. And God says through the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.13, we all know that verse, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. All things. And that includes resisting temptation, the devil, so that he will flee from you. The only reason why it's not happening is because we trust our, our own selves. Right? In Matthew 15, sorry, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, the word of God says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God some things are possible. All things are possible. Do not let Satan deceive you into believing that we cannot overcome sin because it's a totally, totally, and absolutely false sentence. It's, it's totally false. By God's grace and power, we can overcome sin. The only reason we cannot overcome sin is when you decide in your heart not to overcome sin. But if you propose in your heart to really overcome sin, the Lord will give you the grace and the power to overcome sin. Whatever burdens or cares you have is definitely nothing compared to the power of God. In fact, in Luke 1.17, the word of God says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So the first point is give in or submit yourself to God. The second point is get close. Let's look at James chapter 4 verse 8, the first part of the verse. James chapter 4 verse 8. The word of God says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. The first part of the verse here, God is reminding us that we must draw near or close to him. And he will draw near to us. Do you realize it is really up to us how close we want to be to God? It is us who decide. Because when we come near to God, he will not push us away. He will welcome us. If we want a victorious Christian life, life we must and can, by God's abundant grace, to get cl- so close to him, really so close that there will be no enough, not enough space for the devil to get in. That really close. I hope you got that point. We can never be, you know, because sometimes we feel we want to be close to God, but our actions does not really manifest that we want to be close to God. Like our quiet time in the morning. How is our quiet time? How can we get close to somebody who we don't even communicate? When I was courting my wife, believe me, I was like fellowshipping with her probably like six, seven hours a day. Sometimes when I get to visit her because my house is not really near her place. And when I, during my, my college years, I had a girlfriend whom, and we, I was unsaved. And I, we would talk on the phone like 
from 10 o'clock in the morning, maybe to 4 o'clock in the morning. Because I want to get close to her. I want to get to know her. How much or how many hours are we spending to get close to God or to know God in a, in a, in a closer way? Now, the second point is another two words, get close. That's why. Draw nigh to God and he will, get, and he will draw nigh to you. And the third point is another two words, get cleansed. And it's found in the second part of James chapter 4, verse 8, when he says, Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. In this verse, God reminds us to make sure that our hearts are clean. How can we do that? By being truly repentant of our sins, confessing them to God, and by taking care of what we put into our minds, because they will affect uh, the spiritual condition of our hearts. You agree with me? What you put in your mind will go down to your heart. We are what we read, we are what we see, and it goes down into our hearts. So if you watch all the rubbish, all the TV programs that gives you nothing but the rubbish of the world, what will happen to your heart? Will it draw you closer to God or farther away from God? In Romans chapter 12, we all know this verse as well. Verses 1 and 2. The word of God says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So unless we renew our mind, we will never renew our hearts. See, it all starts with what you think, what you feed your mind goes down to your heart. God admonishes us in Proverbs 4, verse 23, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And the last part of Matthew twelve thirty four, God says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If all what you watch is sex the whole day, what will come out of your mouth? Sex. If all what you talk about is all the pleasures of the world, what will come out of your mouth? Rubbish. I mean, it's, it's what's in your head that goes down to your heart and then it comes out of your mouth. If you are with unsaved people who, who loves the word FFF, you know, it's a culture shock for us when we came to Ireland. Believe me, as a Christian, it's really a shock when you hear people say like F, the, the F word, just like they're saying hello. Oh my gosh. We were shocked to death, but in here, I'm not saying our culture is better. In fact, your culture is much better than our culture. And I must, I must really tell you honestly about that. Especially the older generation are very respectful. This is the only country in the world where you have, when you alight the bus, you have to say thank you to the driver. Even to the bus. Even, I asked my wife when I, was first, when I first came to Ireland, 
Why do we have to say thank you to the driver? We paid anyways. But she said, for bringing you safely. Ah, that makes sense. That's true. But I've been to several countries as well as when I worked in the ship before. But I don't see people saying thank you to the driver. But it is only in this country. And I see even, even mommies telling their children when they're, when they're in the shopping centers, when they're misbehaving or not saying, not saying thank you or please, they scold their children in a corner. That's something to me. There's so many parts of your culture which I love, but the F word I don't love. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So that's, that's really the reality. If we feed on rubbish, garbage in, garbage out. That's, that's, that's really true. And the last and the fourth point is also two words, get down. It's found in James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves, yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Humble, get down. This is perhaps the most important point. The most important point. Why is that? Because you cannot achieve the first three points until you humble yourself before, before God. You agree with me? Until you are humble enough, you will not give in. You will not get close. You will not get cleansed. Right? But once you have humility, and this is required even before we got saved. You know, I, I thank God that the people who were witnessing to me in the Philippines did not stop praying for me and witnessing to me because I'm very self-righteous. Because I grew up in a Catholic school. It's a private school. We have, you know, regular masses every Friday, and we have the adoration of the Virgin Mary and all the religious rituals. That was my life for six years. And I have a brother who was an examinarian who almost became a priest. Three months before he became a priest, he went out of the seminary to marry a woman who was a librarian of the one of the biggest and oldest universities in the Philippines. And I thank God he did not become a priest. He's now in Australia. And we were able to witness to him, but I will have to follow up because I'm not sure about his salvation. Now, so get down. If we were to grade ourselves on a scale of, say, 1 to 10, how, hum- how humble are we in the sight of God? 1 to 10, with 10 as the highest score, 1 as the lowest score. Of, of course, you don't say aloud your scores. It's between you and God. If you are like saying you are 8, watch out, <laughs> because it's probably not true. Because, <laughs> you know, the only, the, only, the only blessing that you can receive from God, which you cannot boast about, is humility. I'm the most humble person in church. You see, I'm the most humble can you brag about humility? <laughs> I think it's weird to, to be bragging that I'm, I'm humble. That's why I don't go down to his level because I'm a humble person, you know. I'm very humble, as you can see. I'm very humble. <laughs> All right. It's simple message, really, that I have shared with you tonight. But I hope this will be a blessing to you. Very simple. What's the first point? Get in or submit to God. The next one is get close. And the third point is 
get cleansed. And the last point is, get down. It is really my sincere hope and desire and prayer that these four points will be a blessing to your Christian life as they are to, to me. So get, get in, get close, get cleansed, get down to be humble before God. Sounds simple, yeah? Get in, get close, get cleansed, get down. Got it? Do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the brief message that you've given us tonight. I pray, dear God, that you will work in our hearts and minds, that we will see the spiritual and practical application of these verses and, and the four points that we talked about tonight, that each one of us will be challenged to really move on to higher ground by your grace and mercy, Lord. May we, may we get to realize that really the only life worth living is to, to live in your presence, Lord, and to make you really Lord of our lives in all aspects of, of our lives. May we be totally conscious, Lord, that you are always there. And the only reason why we are not able to resist the devil is because we do not submit to you first and, for, first and foremost. We first submit to you so that we can resist the devil. That there is no problem that is too big for you to solve because you are all-knowing and you are a mighty God. You are the almighty God. Maybe we, maybe be also, Lord, be in prayer in even our personal devotion to bring revival to this country who has been to my family, really our second home. We pray, dear God, that you will just give us a burden to really pray in our, even in our personal devotions to have mercy on this land, O oh Lord, Ireland, which we already call second home. This we ask and pray in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.